Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Since the Revolutionary War, gun companies have had their roots in the Northeast. But over the past decade, these companies have been moving from many blue states to red ones. Why is that? Uh, What does it say about polarization in the country? We know the president is going to speak uh, here shortly in Pennsylvania about guns, uh, gun control. He's going to talk about uh, law enforcement as well. Uh, But we wanted to get into this whole thing in terms of uh, gun manufacturers and where they are, where they're moving to. Uh, Todd Frankel, a business reporter for The Washington Post, has a great piece today about uh, many manufacturers feeling unwelcome and making some shifts uh, to red states. And uh, Todd, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Well, give us a little history there in terms of uh, kind of the uh, progression of where these companies have begun, where they've been for a long time, and where are they headed? Yeah, so, I mean, pretty much since the country's founding, um, New England and Massachusetts, Connecticut, that region has been the heart of uh, U.S. gun manufacturing. You know, uh, George Washington set up the Springfield Armory right there in Massachusetts. And over the years, that's where Smith & Wesson, um, Remington, uh, pretty much any big name was in that region up, up there, what they call it, the Connecticut River Valley. That's actually known also as Gun Valley. And that was the way it was for, for many decades. Um, and it was only in the last decade as uh, some of these mass shootings occurred and states started passing assault weapons bans and magazine, ammunition magazine bans, that these companies have said, you know what, you know, we're clearly not wanted here. Um, let's move elsewhere. And they found a very receptive welcoming in, in southern states and also out west. Um, you know, I was, uh, one of the companies that was on the move was um, in Colorado, uh, Magpul, which is a big maker of uh, magazine, ammunition magazines, um, left Colorado after they passed a magazine ban and went for Wyoming and Texas. So we've seen this happen all over the country where these gun companies are leaving their old homes in blue states and moving to red ones. And what's that uh, economic impact been on uh, some of those traditional places, uh, some of those places where the headquarters uh, had been for, for decades? What does that mean in terms of uh, jobs, revenue, uh, impact? The U.S. gun industry is not a huge employer. I mean, it's very important symbolically and also you know, to the individual towns that lose the jobs. About 170,000 people employed nationwide in you know, making guns and ammunition and different accessories. So it's not a huge part of the economy. But in Springfield, Massachusetts, um, Smith & Wesson just announced late last year that they're moving to Tennessee and they're taking their executives and um, about a third of their manufacturing force, about 500 jobs down in Tennessee. They're going to leave 1,000 in Springfield. But um, the town is, you know, that's 500 good paying jobs. These are not, you know, minimum wage jobs. These are you know, jobs where a person could, you know, without a college degree, you know, earn forty to $60,000 a year and, and do okay. So, you know, there's definitely a local impact, and you know, but it's not a huge like you know losing a, a manufacturing plant like a auto plant. Yeah, and so as you as you look at some of the things that are going, obviously they're going to a lot of red states. There's a few places where they seem to be hanging around and and holding on there. Uh, what is the the state of the the gun and ammunition manufacturing companies? You mentioned some of the uh, tragedies, the mass shootings. We know the president will be talking about some of this shortly. Uh, what is the uh, the state of the industry itself? What's the feeling there in terms of how they're positioned, uh, and uh, what do they do next? Yeah, I think the gun companies are pretty dug in. Um, you know, they're actually enjoying uh, some banner sales. Uh, 2020 was a record 
um, year for, for gun sales. Uh, last year was a uh, came in second place, the second best year ever. And this year is a, a little bit slower than that, but you know, it's certainly not um, the doldrums that we've experienced before. Um, but you know, I think they're feeling fairly emboldened, especially with the um, Supreme Court decision. You know, the Bruin decision um, that sort of loosened, uh, you know, handgun legislation, concealed carry legislation nationwide. Um, and so. You know, I, yeah, the, the president is going to speak about, you know, what he would like to see happen with gun laws. But right now, I think the gun companies feel fairly certain that they're in a good position and, and are growing quickly. Yeah. And, and what does some of these moves, what does that uh, give us a sense of in terms of some of the division, some of the polarization uh, on this issue in particular around the country? Yeah, I mean, you know, these gun companies would not be moving if they weren't getting um, sort of pressured by, by you know, these politicians in, in blue states. You know, Massachusetts, they actually were considering a bill that would ban the manufacture of what they call assault weapons, you know, the AR-15s and the sort. Um, and that would be a huge hit to a company like Smith & Wesson, which has gotten traditionally with a handgun company, but has gotten into very heavily into making these rifles, these sort of controversial rifles. Um, and so when that came, you know, even the idea that Massachusetts legislators would even float that bill um, was sort of amazing. And so they took it as, you know, a sign that they were no longer wanted. And it's true that those politicians were just sort of set up. I mean, I think gun violence has sort of caused this split with who's responsible, right? And do the gun companies bear any responsibility? And, you know, in red states, there's a much more welcoming attitude generally toward these gun companies and that they're not responsible for what's going on. And in blue states generally, there's a feeling that they, these gun companies do have a responsibility to do more than they have. Yeah. As you look at this moving forward, Todd, uh, what, what do you see both in terms of kind of the business aspect of it? And then, uh, as you mentioned, right off the top, uh, what are what are some of those things that uh, are really more symbolic in nature? And uh, what will you be watching in the months ahead? Yeah, to see whether, you know, how these companies react and whether you know, they really do expand. I mean, it's been going on basically since the tragic shooting in Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. Um, there was a lot of that spurred a lot of gun control laws, and that also spurred gun, these gun companies to be on the move. Um, and so, you know, there's more action now through Uvalde and these other shootings that occur and how these companies respond. But then you also have, you know, the Supreme Court now taking a very different position on, on guns and much more permissive attitude towards guns. And so I think we're headed for more, more of these moves and more of the sort of rocky action going forward. Uh, fantastic. Todd Frankel is a business reporter for The Washington Post. Todd, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. All right. Those are some uh, really interesting things. Again, so many of these gun manufacturers, ammunition manufacturers uh, on the move, most of them moving from some pretty traditional places. Uh, I hadn't really thought of it in those terms that so many of those companies really were started in the Northeast uh, and came you know, right out of uh, Revolutionary War times in terms of being established and set uh, and then, of course, uh, in the wake of a lot of the political components and, of course, the uh, the increase uh, in these mass, mass shootings, uh, that there is a lot of pressure uh, to, to do things a little bit differently. And so being able to navigate that uh, sometimes is difficult in a, in a state uh, that may want to ban those or may want to pin all of the responsibility on the manufacturer or a portion of responsibility in these tragic shootings. Uh, and so that has caused a lot of these uh, companies to to move, to relocate, uh, as uh, was pointed out by Todd, that uh, you know many are going to red states or places uh, where they have a little more open arms in terms of uh, what that might look like. And there are significant jobs that go with that, you know, 500 jobs here, 500 jobs there. 
but it is an interesting thing to to look at. But the the cultural debate, I think, is the interesting component to all of this. That so many of the manufacturers are moving south and west, and uh, abandoning the northeast where they were originated and founded. And a lot of that is the political pressure, uh, as uh, as Todd pointed out, that many of them just don't feel welcome in their own backyards anymore. And so why not move to another state that might give you some nice incentives, that might have a, a real positive take on you being part of the community. And so that's an interesting one as it relates to guns and gun manufacturing here in the country. And we know the president is going to address this very issue of, of guns, gun violence, gun deaths, and law enforcement uh, he's scheduled to to speak here shortly, and we'll pick up some of that as we go through the afternoon here on KSL News Radio. We'll go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour break. When we come back on Inside Sources, we're going to pick up our conversation, looking at uh, the Fed and how do we battle inflation? Are we pressing on the gas, tapping on the brake? Are we doing them both together? And is that causing a problem? Stick around. We'll talk about it coming up next. <music> 